Hey, Pastor Josh here. Thanks so much for watching our videos. If you'd like more information about Legacy City Church, you can go to LegacyCityChurch.com. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the bell below. God bless you. We're going to look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 today. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Just one scripture. As we have heard the reading of Luke 1 and 2 already, you have the context of uh, Messiah coming to the earth, Jesus being born. We're going to talk about this just briefly, what Christmas is all about. The title of the message today is Jesus is the gift. Jesus is the gift. I am so excited. I'm a Bible nerd. Um, and I have my new Bible that just came out. Uh, this is the first edition, you book nerds. First edition, Legacy Standard Bible. Yeah, I know. Uh, when they were putting the new translation together, they considered our church and our name and uh, decided to base the entire translation around our church name. Isn't that incredible? No, they didn't. I just made that up. But um, it is called Legacy Standard Version, and it is a brand new translation. And I think one of the most accurate translations on the planet. I was using ESV before, and I was using uh, New King James before that, New American Standard. And uh, what I'm always looking for, this, uh, okay, I'll just tell you, 20 seconds. What I'm always looking for in a translation is accuracy. I want word-for-word -word translation from the original text to the English language into modern English. And number two, not, not a paraphrase translation, but word-for-word -word translation. Uh, translation into modern English. And number two, I am looking for an easy to read translation that it flows as I'm reading it in my mind. It makes sense. New American Standard can be very choppy because it is word for word, but I think that this is the closest translation now on the planet, and we will be, uh, we will be transitioning to this translation as a church as well. What does that mean? I'll be preaching from it every Sunday. That's all that that means. But um, I, I buy a Bible about once uh, every 10 years or so. They last me about 10, 15 years. And uh, this is Bible number four for me in my life. And um, I should have brought them all so you could have seen them. But um, this, I love, the new, I love the new Bible, and I'm very encouraged and excited to read from it this morning. My favorite part about this translation is every time in the Old Testament and New Testament that the word Lord, capital L-O-R-D, is used in the translation. They have replaced it with the word Yahweh, which is the name of God. So it says, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know what it says now? Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall not want. The name of God. And uh, it's beautiful that they have inserted this. And so now as you read the scriptures, you see the name of God over and over and over again. I love it. Anyway, sorry for the Bible nerd stuff. What's Christmas really all about? Some say Christmas trees and lights. Others say Santa Claus and reindeer. Some say pumpkin spice lattes and Christmas cookies. To others, it's gifts. When you're a child, you can't wait to see what you're going to get, huh? But now you hope people like your gifts. This is the most important thing. Everybody always looking at each other closely, watching the little facial expressions as they open the gift. You're like, oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. And they're like, does he really? Or is he 
pulling my arm. Heard of a story, maybe you heard this one. About two weeks before Christmas, a little boy decided to write a letter to Santa. He started, Dear Santa, he thought, no, 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 scratch that. I'm going to a higher authority because I don't know if Santa can do this one. So he decides to write a letter to Jesus. He says, Dear Lord Jesus, if you get me a bike for Christmas, I will be good for two weeks. He says, no, 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 no. He scratches that out. He says, I can't be good for two weeks. So he started all over again. He says, dear Jesus, if you get me a bike for Christmas, I'll be good for one week. He says, no, no, no. He scratches that out. I can't be good for a week. So he quickly ran to his father's study, and he grabbed the nativity scene statue of mother, the, Mary, the mother of Jesus. He runs and grabs a blanket, and he wraps the statue of Mary up in the blanket. He then sits down and begins to write again. He writes, dear Jesus, I have your mother. If you ever want to see her again, you will get me a bike for Christmas. <laughs> I'll never forget the little boy. He's probably around five or six years old. He came up to me because he wanted to wish me a Merry Christmas. And I asked him, I said, do you know what Christmas is all about? He said, yes, of course. Santa bringing us toys and gifts. I said, well, that's a part of it. But do you know it's Jesus' birthday on Christmas? He said, really? I said, yeah. Do you like to get gifts on your birthday? I asked him. He said, yes, I love gifts on my birthday. I said, on Christmas, we should be giving gifts to Jesus because it's his birthday. But instead, many times, we only give gifts to ourselves. But Jesus gave us the greatest gift of all. Did you know that? He gave us forgiveness of sins and the gift of heaven. A few seconds later, his little sister walks up. She's maybe three or four. And she says, Merry Christmas. I said, do you know what Christmas is all about? Before she could answer, her brother says, it's Jesus' birthday. So Jesus gives the presents to Santa, and Santa brings them to us. <laughs> I laughed. Christmas is the greatest celebration. It's the coming of Christ to the earth. But he did not come without a plan and a purpose, and he was actually born in that manger with a plan already. That baby in the manger, that cute little baby, was to grow up and to become a man and to die for the sins of the world. This was the whole mission. This is why he came. Christmas in L.A. is a bit different, huh? Uh, people start driving a little crazy, especially with all the rain. People are irritated and stressed. It's like, ah, I see it. But if you take time with people and are sweet to them, they'll lighten up. Sometimes you'll get a Merry Christmas. A lot of things in our world try to shut Christmas down, but you can't do it. The Lord reigns forever and ever, especially in our hearts. And we should continue as Christians to plow forward, celebrating what Christ has done. Amen. When Pope Julius I authorized December 25th to be celebrated as the birthday of Jesus in AD 353, who would have ever thought that it would become what it is today? When Professor Charles Fallen lit candles on the first Christmas tree in America in 1832, who would have ever thought that the decorations would become as elaborate as they are today? It is a long time since 1832, still longer from 30, 353 AD, and even longer from that dark night that was brightened by a special star in which Jesus the King was born. 
As we approach December 25th again, it gives us yet another opportunity to pause in the midst of all the excitement, elaborate decorations, expensive commercialized society which surrounds Christmas today to consider again the event of Christmas and the person whose birth we celebrate. We have heard the reading of Luke 2, and I want to focus in on the story of Jesus from a wide-angle perspective. And I want to look at what God was trying to do and accomplish in the universe, what he was sending to the earth through one verse. We look at the large perspective as we zoom in on one verse to give us it. It is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Can we stand for the reading of God's word? We'll read one verse together. And we'll look at it closely. Isaiah 6, I'm sorry, Isaiah 6, 9 verse 6, I'm sorry. Siri messing me up here. Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. An amazing overview perspective in one verse, written long before the Christ would walk the earth. And we pray now, Father, you would open our eyes to see your truth and to see your plan and your hope and your peace and your good news for the earth. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Unto us a what is born? Child is born. What child, Isaiah the prophet? This is Isaiah the prophet writing this. And he wrote this, do you know when? 700 BC, 700 years before the babe would be born. He says, unto us a child is born. What child, prophet? He also said in Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. 700 years before Jesus was born, he would be prophesied about. A child will be born, he will be born of a virgin, and he will be Emmanuel, God with us. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. A son is given a gift. A gift given to who given to you given to me given to the earth when the shepherds were standing in the field and the angel came to them and said hey behold there's a child that is born and he is going to bring good news to all of the earth all the earth for all peoples it's good news for everyone and what is the good news that God is with us on earth he's not far out in the distance he's with us 
And this is the gift, and we do need it now more than ever, that God would be with us on the earth, that God would be with us in life, that God would be with us through all that we do. I just need to know that the Lord's with me. That was Moses' prayer, do you remember? He said, Lord, I can't go on unless you're with me. I just need to know that you are with me. And oh, how we need this message on the earth today. God has promised that through the gift of his son, I will be with you. The gift of Jesus brings God into our lives. The gift of the son Jesus, the baby being born to grow up and die for our sins, is to remove sin that keeps us away from our God. He made the payment in his death so that we could be forgiven of our sin and come into relationship with the God who made us and he would be with us forever and ever. If you hold up the bottom of an in-and-out cup, yes, your soda, and the bottom rim there of that cup, if you look at the bottom, it says Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a child is born. Yeah! Praise God for in-and-out. <laughs> just had it. Just had it a couple days ago. Here, you want to know the secrets? Double-double. Chopped chilies. They have them. Neapolitan shake. Next level, animal-style fries, grilled onions. you got to do this on a workout day. You know, you just like, you know. God also said through Isaiah the prophet in Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will surely help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. Don't be afraid. I will be with you. You have nothing to fear. I am your God. Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord you God, your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Amazing. When will he help us? When we are in fear. I need to grab his right hand. You see my little boy Shep running around here? He's running around up front and, you know, because he wants to play during the Christmas production. And he runs over here and he looks around and he gets scared. So you know what he does? He runs to dad. He runs and he just falls into me. He wants to know he's safe. He gets comforted and then he takes off again. We need that, don't we? We need our father near. Isaiah 43, 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you, God says. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. No matter what's going on in the world around us, no matter what's going on in your family, in your work, in your city, your home, your marriage, God says, I will be with you. I will carry you through. You will not drown in the problems of life. I will carry you. You need to know that the waves are big, and they will show up. But don't worry. The sets only last sometimes maybe a day, two, or three. Then the storm subsides, and the waves go back to little baby ones again. Don't worry. It's just a storm. And the captain of the universe is on your boat. He's on the ship. He's got everything under control. My dad used to sing a song by Andre Crouch. You remember him, the old gospel singer? 
He used to sing this song. I remember it as a kid. He'd say, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave, God gave me blessed consolidation. Consolation, I'm sorry. That my trials come to only make me strong. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend on His Word. He says, I've been to lots of places. I've seen lots of faces. There's been times I felt so alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus lets me know that I was His own. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Beautiful lyrics. Through it all. I love looking into the eyes of old people because they have been through a lot. And those who have walked with Christ through all of these years, they testify over and over again, life is not easy, but God will be with you. He's been with me. He's taken care of me. We've had some very difficult times, but God is my hope. I love that they hand me a, band, a bag of gold. They hand me an anchor for the storm. Christ is that anchor. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, praise God. Emmanuel, God with us. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Prophesied 700 years before he even stepped on the earth, Jesus is the true king. Did you know that? Jesus is king. And he rules and reigns now, and he is the king that I submit to and follow with my whole life, with all of my heart. His kingdom I put my faith in, not the kingdoms of this world. They're messed up. How do you know that? Because they're ran by men and women. And I'm a man and I'm messed up. And I am not going to be able to live a perfect life or govern anything perfectly. It's always going to be messed up, no matter what. Sure, it will bounce back and forth. Sometimes we'll get towards peace. Sometimes we'll be at war. But I'm telling you, God is the only perfect king. And so we should look to him for hope. We should look to him for the answers. We should look at him for rest. Stop looking for the perfect king or nation and start looking to the perfect king who brings salvation. Revelation 2, 26, and to the one who overcomes and continues in my work until the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule with an iron scepter and shatter them like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the rider on the white horse. Jesus is the Lord of the rings, the Lord of the kings. He's the one who rules and reigns. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to him that he is Lord. And I need, want you and need you to know that he is ruling and reigning right now, sitting on his throne, and he's in perfect confidence and perfect peace. As a king with a crown on his head who has accomplished, who has victory, who has conquered death and sin. He's only allowing it to rule and reign on the earth for a little while. And then he will come and make all things right. Who will stop him? Oh, no one. I know. He will reign forever and ever. And he's on the throne now. And he is our king. And we rest in that. 
Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, that little baby. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Do you know of any wonderful counselors? Wonderful therapists? Not many, that's for sure, huh? You pay 200 bucks an hour for someone to listen. That was the deepest session I've ever had. Yes, you talk 95% of the time. Well, maybe I just needed to talk and vent a little bit. I know. I need wisdom. I need wonderful wisdom as well. I do, and I have a wonderful counselor. His name is Jesus. He is the gift. His wisdom and his counsel is found in his word, family. Read it. You want a session? You want a therapy session for free? Read it. Let his counsel guide you and direct you. Let his counsel keep you in perfect peace. Why don't I have a counseling session with him? See what happens. When's the last time you spoke to God in prayer about all that's going on? By yourself. You go to God by yourself. You go to God alone. I dare you to take a walk in a park. I dare you to go on a little hike by yourself. I dare you to just start opening your heart and say, Lord, do you hear me? Start sharing all that's going on. Watch how it heals the heart and the mind just to focus on him and to have his perspective. Maybe take your Bible with you and open it and say, Lord, speak to me. Let his word minister to you. Let his counsel strengthen you and give you peace. It's found in his word. You're missing out on the wonderful counselor God calls him. Oh, how the earth needs a wonderful counselor. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to you if you ask. But you have not because you ask not. I dare you to go ask this week. Take some time. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Ask him for his opinion. Then... Pull out your pen, get your journal out, and sit and listen. Just wait. You don't need to write now. Just listen. Lord, what are you showing me? What are you revealing to me about this situation? Let him bring verses to your mind. Let him bring truths about his word to your mind. What he's already told you, what you already knew, you're ministered to through that pastor, you're ministered to through that friend. It's brought back to your mind and you write it down. And you're comforted and encouraged in your situation. Let the Lord be your wonderful counselor. You get counsel from everybody else around you and you haven't even gone to the Lord. Why don't we listen to him first, then listen to the counsel around us. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. The baby, Mighty God. He will not simply be called God, but Mighty God. When Simeon in the temple in Luke 2 saw the baby and he grabbed him, you know what the first words out of Simeon's mouth he called him master, the baby. God had revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that this was the Messiah, the king of the universe. Called him master. Mighty God. God in flesh. Deity in diapers. 
the God-man, the child born to grow up. He is truly the son of God. Joseph got to be a figure of a father in Jesus' life, but we know that he was born through a virgin, Mary, and that God Almighty is actually his father. He has divine blood. He will receive the inheritance of the universe from his father. And if he is the son of God, he has divine godliness in his blood. And if the father was to pass on the throne to be God, it would be his son, a perfect image, almighty God, sitting here in the form of a babe. It's really beautiful that God would even allow this. That he would somehow sympathize with us in humanity. He would come down and walk amongst us. He would work as a carpenter. He was a construction worker. Swung a hammer, worked in the, the sun, sweat. Went through trials and tribulation, was tempted as we are. Suffered in great pain, far greater than anyone has ever suffered on the planet. The Lord Jesus being crucified on the cross. It wasn't just the beating and the lashings that he took and hanging on a cross, which a crucifixion was the worst torture on the planet and maybe still to this day the worst torture of any way to crush a criminal. But he was taking on spiritually the wrath of Almighty God. And that is what is all-consuming hell upon hell upon himself drinking it down for millions and millions of people so they can go free he was tempted and tested and suffered just like we do and he can sympathize with us he knows our pain he knows our weakness he didn't show up in a rolls royce he was born in a barn yeah have you ever been in a barn lately you should go check them out you move the cows and the horses over there and the donkey Goats, chickens running around. This is not sanitary for a baby. What are we doing? Where's the hospital? Sorry, no place in the inn. But we got a barn out back you can hang out in if you want to. Has a little bit of insulation. You can use the hay. Almighty God, born in a barn. You would never think that he would show up in a million years that way. The creator of the universe shows up in this way. He takes the path of the poor. He has all the riches in heaven and he takes the path of the poor to show us. He came in humility. He came not to the earth to be served, but to serve and give himself a ransom for many. Remember when he got down to wash Peter's feet? The creator of the universe getting down to wash his boy's feet. You got dirty feet. Look at all that mud. You need a pedicure, boys. Those toenails are nasty. He takes his towel. He wraps around his waist. He gets a bowl of water, and he gets down and starts washing his guy's feet. And he gets to Peter, and Peter's like, Lord, you can't wash my feet. You're the Lord. 
I'm not going to do that. I'll wash your feet. You will not be washing my feet. You're the Lord. You don't wash our feet. We're the servants. You're the king. He says, no, I will serve you and show you what it means to love one another. And if you do this, you will be happy, John 13, John 15. If you do this, you'll be happy. He gets down and he says, if I don't wash your feet, you will have no part in my kingdom. Peter says, okay, give me a bath, Lord. Just give me a bath. Stump the bowl on my head. I'm ready. Almighty God. Deuteronomy 10, 17, for the Lord your God is the God of gods, Lord of lords. He is the great God and the mighty and awesome God who shows no partiality and cannot be bribed. Praise God. He ensures that our orphans and widows receive justice. He's watching. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. This is the God we serve. Who will stop him? Deuteronomy 10, 17. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Psalm 103, verse 10. The psalmist David, he writes, He does not, our God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Did you know that? For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Here it is. As a father shows love and compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He's a good father. He loves his kids. He is an everlasting father. Parse those words with me. Everlasting father. Everlasting father. His fatherhood lasts forever. He will never stop being father. He will never leave us. He loves his kids. I love my kids. I love them because I love them. They haven't done anything to deserve my love at this level. They can't do much. I just love them more than anything on the earth. I love them because I love them because they're my kids. And that's the love of a father. That's the love of a mother. God loves us. I love that he takes that picture and uses it for us to relate and understand. Because if you ask a parent to tell you how much they love their kids, they have a hard time telling you. I love them more than anything. I love them to the moon and back. We say these types of things. We have no way of saying how much we actually love this child. God loves us. He is our everlasting Father who takes care of his kids. Praise God. That's what we need, an everlasting Father. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Man, this generation full of fatherless homes. Oh, how we need an everlasting Father. I'm in this home and I'm never leaving you. I am in this home and I am with you forever. I will be your dad for all of eternity. Everlasting Father. What a beautiful picture. 
His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Micah 4.3, the Lord will meditate, mediate, I'm sorry, between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. There is coming a day when there will be no more war. When the Lord Jesus will return to the earth and rule and reign as king. And there will be peace on the earth forever and ever. I know how we long for that day. Psalm 46, 9, he causes war to end through the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He will make things right. We all want peace. Yes, people, you can go anywhere on the planet. And do you, say, you, know, do you want world peace? I mean, everyone wants this. Everyone is dying for this to happen, wanting for this to happen. Jesus brings peace between us and God, and he will bring peace and prosperity forever. It can be said that the two greatest days in a person's life are the day they were born and the day they find out why they were born, what their purpose is. Let me ask you, what is your purpose? We were all born with a purpose. Some were born to be the president of the United States. Some were born to run a business. Some were born to be a blue-collar worker. Some a white-collar worker. Some teacher. Some kings. Some queens. Some musicians. Some actors. Other sports players and doctors. Some are born to simply be great mothers and fathers. Others born to preach and serve. We are all born with giftings and great abilities. But Jesus was born with the great ability to save people from their sins. That was his purpose, and that's why he came. Matthew 1.21, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You're going to call his name Yeshua, Jesus. His name means the Lord is salvation. You're going to call him. You know what you're going to call him? The Lord is salvation. Really, that's going to be his name, the Lord is salvation. Yes, because he's bringing salvation to the earth. That baby is going to grow up to bring salvation to the earth. Jesus came to save us and bring us back to the main reason and purpose why we live. That was to be with God and enjoy him forever and ever. And the earth that he has given to us. I can't wait for the day when all things will be made right. Peace will be on the earth. There will be Christ will come down and reign and he will make all things right. He will judge everyone. He'll make all things right on the planet, and the earth will then love God and love one another in peace and prosperity for all of eternity in the way that he created it. He'll make all things right. But until then, we get to love and serve the people around us and show them the kingdom that God has. Introduce them to the God who made them. Teach them the reason why they were made. Jesus said in Luke 19.10, it says about him, for the Son of Man came to seek the save and the loss. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, I lay it down. I want to tell you today that Jesus is the gift. Watch this. God saw the greatest need on the planet. He wrapped up a gift for the earth and says, here you go. Merry Christmas. The gift is my son to you to bring peace between you and I.
to bring forgiveness, to bring peace. I'd like to read a poem as we close down here. Maybe you've heard it before. Dr. James Allen Francis, one solitary life. He, Jesus, was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another obscure village where he worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30 when public opinion turned against him. He never wrote a book. He never held office. He never went to college. He never visited a big city. He never traveled more than 200 miles from the place where he was born. He did none of the things usually associated with greatness. He had no credentials but himself. He was only 33 years old. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to his enemies and went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed to a cross between two thieves. While dying, his executioners gambled for his clothing. The only property he had on earth when he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. 19 centuries, 20 centuries have come and gone. And today, Jesus is the central figure of the human race. Still, still reigning. The leader of mankind's progress, all the armies that have ever marched, all the navies that have ever sailed, all the parliaments that have ever sat, all the kings that have ever reigned put together have not affected the life of, a, of mankind on earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. He was only in the public eye for three years. How in the world did he affect the whole world? In three years. I know. He just might be the Son of God, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, John 3:16 and 17. I like the way C.S. Lewis said it, the Christian story is precisely the story of one grand miracle, the cross. If our greatest need had been information, you know what God would have done? He would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent us a Savior. That's it. This is the message of Christmas. Jesus is the gift, the greatest gift in all of history. Amen? I want to use this Christmas Sunday as an opportunity for us all to turn to the Lord with all of our hearts, to call on him to be saved to call on him to rededicate our lives to him, to call on him to start moving forward and walking with him in deep relationship like never before once again. Let's bow our hearts and eyes in prayer and let's pray and let's go before the Lord. Let's turn to him now. Father, we worship you in this place. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. Good news. Though the earth has sinned against you, God, though we have sinned against you and done wrong, you have made a way for us to be reconciled to you through the death, burial, and resurrection of your Son. 
We thank you that a sacrifice has been made for our sins so we can be forgiven and have peace with you. Peace in our hearts, peace in our minds that you are with us. You are our Father. Lord, we realize we've done a wrong against you and we choose to repent of that sin and turn away from it now in our hearts and to make you Lord and Savior over our lives once again. Would you reign in us, God? Would you be our King? Would you be our Lord? Would you be our God? Would you be our Father? Would you be our friend? Would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? And will we start to walk with you new and afresh like never before? All things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Oh God, I pray for every single one in this room crying out from their heart saying, Lord, please do that in me. Save me. Make me new. You would do that work. You would do that miracle in us. Bless us, Lord. We commit our lives to you as we close this year, as we open a new year. We do it on this Christmas day. We do it in Jesus' name. Amen.